This is a transcript of the phone call with Zelensky, and you'll notice there's nothing, nothing impeachable in it at all. <laughs> that freaking bird out of here. I love you, John. Hello, world, and welcome back to What the Cluck. I am your host. <laughs> Thank you for that. I'm your host, Vinay, and we have a monumental show in store for you. We have the triumphant return of President Donald Trump. Tremendous. Self-proclaimed <laughs> supreme ruler of the universe. And we have 2020 Democratic presidential candidate and author Marianne Williamson. He has plans to give Trump and the rest of the Democratic primary field a run for their money. This should be good. First up, some random thoughts. Uh-oh. Someone needs to tell me what happened to the lost art of the toast. Back in the day, dinners and gatherings always featured a poignant, heartfelt speech given by a distinguished and articulate speaker. Guests listened, topics were debated civilly, and society flourished. Nowadays, we've replaced formal debates and toasts with Twitter. Now everyone has a megaphone, and every brain fart each individual has is broadcast to the entire world. Not even spell check or autocorrect can save us from this assault on proper grammar and intelligence. Free speech is a marvelous thing, but most people shouldn't have it. Back in the day, our forefathers debated taxation without representation, and every man is created equal under God, except slaves. Nowadays, we debate who won the chicken sandwich war. Popeyes or Chick-fil-A? Did we know who won that war? We have no idea. Anyway, who cared? Have you been to a wedding recently? Have you seen a young person try to give a best man's toast or a maid of honor speech? So I met Dana at the club and we were pounding Jaegers when this guy came up to her and started grinding all up on her. But he was hot, so I allowed it. Little did I know that eight months later, he knocked her up, but this man was man enough to ask her to marry him. YOLO, y'all. Love you, Dana. I was actually at one of these weddings where that actually happened. So the scary part is you don't know if I made that up or if that actually occurred. That is a very scary thing. We went from people that wrote the Constitution to people who belong in institutions. Bring back the toast world. Please bring back social dinner functions. It couldn't hurt, right? Next up, don't ever be that person at the crosswalk that presses the button and expects traffic to stop for you. They made that button for infants who need something to touch while adults wait patiently for the light to change. The entire city is not going to reconfigure its carefully thought out time traffic lights because you want to cross the street 11 seconds earlier. Don't be that person. And if you ever see that person at a crosswalk, you are now entitled to point and laugh at them or push them into oncoming traffic. That's a joke, don't do that. Last up, and I hate to be the guy that has to say this, but I, but I have to. The GoFundMe pages and birthday fundraisers on Facebook have to stop. After the age of 21, you are no longer entitled to birthday gifts or donations of any kind. Who came up with this nonsense? <clears throat> Instead of accepting birthday gifts this year, I'm asking you to donate to the Men Against Baldness Foundation. Dude, I wasn't planning on giving you a gift, let alone donating in lieu of one. You're 54 years old, you deserve to be bald and get no gifts. 
Don't gouge my wallet or prey on my conscience while I'm aimlessly scrolling at a red light. I shouldn't have to cross my fingers every time I log into Facebook and hope I don't go broke for the week. I get we all want to do good things, and raising money for charities is awesome. But your birthday on Facebook is not a charity foundation dinner. At least with formal dinners, you get a meal, for God's sakes. Yeah, you like that? You got everybody That's McDonald's. That's tremendous. That's <laughs> my favorite meal. My favorite meal. You need a GoFundMe page to help you pay for your dog's medical treatment? Go fund yourself. No. Maybe you should stop going out and spending your money on chicken sandwiches. Or maybe you shouldn't have a dog. I love dogs, but I don't have one. Because I know as a musician, I'm selfish. I'm never home. I'm intoxicated at odd hours of the day and don't want to change my lifestyle or burden others with my incapacity to care for one. If you're under 21, you may have a birthday fundraiser on Facebook. Why would you at 16 want to give up getting presents and have people donate to a charity? I have no idea, but good for you. That's awesome. If you come up with an idea that will revolutionize humanity and you desperately need funding, <laughs> You can have a GoFundMe page. Anyone else, you invite your friends over for dinner, you cook them a meal, you better have a damn good toast prepared, and then you may awkwardly expect your friends to give you something. Okay, we have a great show ahead. Donald J. Trump is here along with Democratic presidential candidate Marianne Williamson. Don't go anywhere, we'll be right back. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to What the Cluck. We are on our view set, and we have the president with us. Good to see so you again. Great. It's so great. Thank you. I'm so happy because this is going to be your most highly rated episode ever. I know. And I, I want to thank you, especially because you said Donald J. Trump. I got to give you the whole thing. You got to give me the whole thing. You know, you know, a lot of people think the J is for Jewish because I love the Jewish people. Yeah, it's Tremendous actually Donald people. Jesus Trump. No, no, no. Jo genius. Genius. Oh, genius. genius. That's genius. right. You spell it with the J. Yeah, right. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. That's good. That's what I do. I'm an innovator. I change. You are disruptor, an innovator, my good friend. Disruptor. You absolutely I are. I, I apologize for the uh, the empty seat, but I believe we have someone very important here today. Me. Not. Uh, <laughs> You're here just because they couldn't get you a tea time. Right, but, that's uh, true, that's true. Me and Steve win. I think we actually have 2020 Democratic presidential candidate Marianne Williamson oh, here. Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 I love yeah. you. Yeah. 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 
good How to see you. you. I'm, I'm it's right. so good to have you on the show. Thank you, Thank you so Thank much you for coming. So I, much. I get up, but I don't want to. No, it's okay. You don't. You don't have to. You, you don't look have very to. nice, and you're so tiny. You're so tiny. I didn't Thank expect you. you to be so tiny, but Thank you're you. very. But I'm, intellectually, I dwarf you. She, <laughs> Tremendous! I have a huge throwing jabs. Huge, I have a big brain. I have a big brain. He's a, he's a stable brain. genius, Marianne. Yes. He's stable. He yes. needs to remind everybody every day how stable he is. And yeah. I hear you're doing very well. You're doing very well. You're out there. You're meeting people. You're doing things, and you've got an event tonight. I, yeah. I have an event tonight. Thirty thousand people, yes. and twenty thousand out in the snow who want to get in, but they can't. They can't because there's so many people. What, so do, many to people. what do you ascribe the the popularity that you experience with? Some people. Why, they love me. They absolutely love me. It's what? crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's just charisma. charisma. I could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue in broad daylight and I wouldn't lose a supporter. It's crazy. I, I don't really understand it myself. Doesn't but I'm that so happy. sort of disturb you a little bit? No, not at all. It kind of <laughs> makes sure I'll, I'll win again. I'm going to win in 2020. He made sure he ran as a Republican yeah. so, you know, he can get as many voters as he could possibly get. This is really get. her? Are, are we okay over there? This is the one who said dark psychic voice? Oh, this is the real. How many books? Really? That's really. Oh well, I didn't. I didn't realize that. I just thought this was a realtor. Kellyanne, we're in the so middle of the show. I actually have to go. Um, I, she's just telling me we have something happening with Ukraine or a whistleblower or something. Something very important. I've got to go, everybody. Thank you so much. Mobile this was great. Come on, you look Mobile great, by the way. The she looks really nice. The impersonator is so likable. Yeah. That I wonder. Yeah. Well, like I'm just hoping that you can scare person. the real one off that well, which I think you're going to have a very good chance of doing if you get the nomination. Thank you. Well, we're so happy to have you. We know thank it's you. hectic on the uh, on the trail, so we thank you for taking the time. Well, thank you, you flew today, me. right? Pardon? You flew today, right? I did. I flew in today from New York. Oh, thank you so much for coming on the oh, show. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Of course. You're very funny. Thank you. I try. I try. I try. Uh, the first thing I wanted to ask, well, I want to sum up what you did, and I, I hate to sum up your entire career in 30 seconds, but let's just clue everybody in and, and the amazing things you've done. You're a four-time New York Times number one best-selling author. You were Oprah's spiritual advisor. Well, I don't know if she would. Okay, well, you worked heavily with Oprah. Not many. She's, I can't say that. She's very good to me in my career. She's very good to you in your career. That's amazing. You ran for Congress. I did. As an independent, which I give you full marks for that. A That's naive, amazing. But it was principled. Yeah, and you're the co-founder of Peace Alliance. Yes. So you're not just stepping into the uh, political ring. She's done this for a very long time. You're you're thank always you for, very involved. And that's very true. And thank you for pointing it out. Yeah. I didn't just wake up one day and think, oh, I'll yeah. Do this. A, a lot of people see the name and go, never heard her. Why does she want to run for president? I go, no, she's been around for a very long time doing this. You I've know? been a political activist for for decades, and I think even more importantly than that, if you actually look at the Constitution and look at the narrative of American history. It's not supposed to be a political class that owns the process. Right. You know, we're Americans. We're all Americans. And this country is supposed to be guided by the wisdom of the American people. And the whole idea of representative government is that it is to be uh, a reflection of the people ourselves. Right. Well, the sad thing that I see today and something that our forefathers couldn't see was that uh, now corporations can buy representatives. Well, that's exactly the point, isn't it? And that is that undue influence of money, particularly mm -hmm. corporate money, on our political system is the cancer that underlies all the other cancers. Absolutely. And a system and a political system that is so tied into that is going to have a very difficult time repairing itself. That's exactly. why the idea of people coming in who do not represent of that system, which I think some people thought that Donald Trump would be. 
as it turns out, he's more that system even they, than yeah, the system. They, they thought he was going to be anti-establishment, but it turns <clears> out every single head of the EPA has been a lobbyist. Every single, I mean, uh, Secretary of State Tillerson, head of Exxon. I mean, yeah, like that's exactly right. This guy basically came in saying, "I'm going to clean out the swamp," and he basically brought every swamp monster that he could find in a 50-mile radius and exactly and brought them right. in. And our government, of course, does more to advocate for short-term profits for those multinational exactly. corporations. Exactly than to advocate for the safety and health and well-being of the American people or the planet. On which There's a lot to do. And that's what I wanted to ask you about. So you're running for president. You're young. You're beautiful. Not so young, you, Compared to Biden and Sanders, let's just say you are a, you're a supermodel compared to them. And, uh, you know, I look at Barack when he went into the presidency and he looked like a young Denzel Washington. And when he came out, he looked like Morgan Freeman. I mean, that office beats the hell out of you, both mentally, physically, emotionally. It, it beats you up. Uh, you're successful. Why do you want to why do you want to do this is what I want to ask. It's well, not easy. You yourself have mentioned things which really do uh, hit the nail on the head in terms of what's happening in this country. And I think that many of us who agree with you uh, have felt since the election of Donald Trump that nothing is the same. And I think all of us uh, who feel that way have a deep questioning in our hearts, how could I possibly best serve? I don't think we need a political mechanic right now so much as we need a political visionary. Mm. Uh, Franklin Roosevelt said that the primary responsibility, the primary role, he said, of the presidency is moral leadership, mm. more than the administrative aspect. And I feel that what I have been through, what I've gone through in my career for the last 35 years, working so up close and personal with people at times of crisis, has given me a real deep sense of the effects of bad public policy on people's lives and how public policy needs to change to release people to live a more, uh, a more positive and healthy life. Absolutely. You would, you would definitely be the kind of candidate where uh, you would shake things up anti-establishment-wise in a positive way, where I feel like the former who we had on before did it the complete opposite way. And uh, that's why I'd like to see somebody like you make it far <coughs> and, uh, and do great things. My whole thing is, uh, when you're not in that establishment, especially with the DNC, the way that I saw them treat Bernie Sanders in 2016, he was basically given no chance to win. Whether he was uh, playing at 30,000 people at stadiums, there was no way they were going to let him come over Hillary Clinton. Do you feel like that same thing is happening now? Well, now they say, well, it can be one of these five. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And if you're not in that five, it's like you have no, no shot at all. Well, it's, it's disturbing because that I, I do believe that in the last election, if they had just gotten out of the way, it would have either been Hillary or Bernie, but we all would have felt good about it and everybody was shown up to vote. Exactly. Which is, is the problem. A lot of protest votes. Yeah. I, you know, the Constitution doesn't even mention political parties. Right. And George Washington, when he left office, warned us against Scared them. to death of There's him. not supposed to be this gatekeeper class. Mm -hmm. That's why it's interesting that in the Constitution, it says that in order to be president, somebody has to have been born here, uh, lived here for 14 years, and 35 years or older. None of this, what the, you know, what made the DNC quite so powerful? So, yes, I mean, I'm it's, playing by uh, the rules. I have to, but. Uh, and again, I hate to say it, and I hate to be that young guy that says it, but it all kind of comes, it looks to me like it's money. And well, the whole thing about yeah. when you're when you're elected to office is the minute you get in, you're only concerned about raising more money to stay in office. Well, unless that's not your goal. It shouldn't be the yeah, goal. No. The goal should be to fix and solve real world right. problems. But and that's 
Right. Well, but from what I've heard from people that were in office, they said basically six hours a day you're sitting inside an office and you're calling up people asking for money. Well, Congress people are known to spend at least 50, 60 percent of their time doing that. That's why it's so ridiculous when people think, you know, if you're a congressman and you're qualified to do this job as though the rest of us aren't. What, what do you think they do all day? Once again, they sit around half the time is on raising money. Exactly. But that's why we need a complete pattern disruption. We need a fundamental uh, disruption of that entire system. We won't be able to overturn Citizens United. I was it just going to bring created that, up. that flood of money. Uh, it's like the minute we passed that, it was over. But well, it wasn't over. It was over until it's not over. So we yeah. will not be overturning that that too soon, given the current makeup of the court. But we can have uh, uh, legislation to establish public funding for federal campaigns, and we can also ultimately have a constitutional amendment establishing public mm. funding for federal. I campaigns. hope someone. I hope and, you, or I hope someone like you wins, because I, I would love to get back to that moral correct standing of what we used to be, I really hope. Well, I think um, that there are many people on both left and right who do know that it's the divergence between the goodness in our hearts uh, and the way our government operates. Yes. It is the problem that must be addressed. Right. Uh, I think when we ask what would, what would be the right thing to do, what would be the loving thing to do, uh, what would be that which is filled with integrity, I think most of us do ask those questions when it comes to our personal relationships. Right. But I think we need to ask those questions when it comes to our country as well, and that's what citizenship should be. Absolutely. Uh, huge news this week, like major news. Uh, Speaker Pelosi opened up in impeachment inquiry. Uh, <clears throat> what, do you, what do you feel about this with the whole thing? Do you think it's too little too late? Do you think it's better late than never? Do you think this is going to hurt us? What do you... Well, prior to this, I've been very cautious around the topic for, for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. I certainly feel that the president has... Uh, committed impeachable offenses. Mm -hmm. However, the politics are such that Republicans are in charge of the Senate, they will not convict him, and so forth. But I think it's come to a point now, and this is why I did uh, uh, call for uh, the impeachment inquiry and express my support of it day before yesterday. It That's has good. gone to the point now. Uh, when you look at the transcript of the president's conversation. He did the exact same thing twice. Yeah. The guy literally did the yeah. exact same thing. American foreign policy is not a toy uh, that the U.S. president should should play with for or his, his personal attorney or his profit. My yeah. goodness, yeah. my goodness. I mean, I, I do agree with you. I mean, there's no way that he's going to leave office uh, with Mitch McConnell in the Senate. <clears throat> I think it's a good thing to get every Republican on the record. And I hate to use this word and to go this far, but 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 to me, it, it kind of does say that you need to get them on the record basically as traitors, where they're basically picking their party over the national security and future of America. And if you go with impeachment, you basically got every person that said, no, don't impeach him, and, and they're on that record. So uh, I do agree with you. He's, he's not going to leave office due to impeachment. But you definitely have to get Republicans like Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell on the record that they supported this man in the face of all this overwhelming evidence that he committed crimes. I mean, Lindsey Graham, when, when Clinton was in office and, you know, he did whatever he did in the Oval Office with a woman, we can't have this. This is unbelievable. This is against everything we stand for. Oh, that was so bad. But 14 counts of this isn't bad enough. So I think what we most need to do, however, is articulate a vision for where America could go now. Uh, Donald Trump, I think of him as a, an opportunistic infection. He could not have gotten hold of us had there not been a weakened societal immune system. Mm -hmm. And so we have a bigger job than just replacing Donald Trump in 20. Uh, we need to, to end an aberrational chapter in our history and usher in a new one. And that's why I, I feel what we need is a season of repair. How are we going to do this with Fox News? Well, listen, this is a free country. People have the right to believe whatever they believe. 
And people who are so excited about Fox and people who are so excited about Donald Trump, they have a right to, to be They have that. a right to the say issue, that, but you can't, you can't have somebody go on Fox News and say the sky is orange when the sky is blue. Well, they do if, need, they, if they, they want to. So when you ask me what we do about that, is we need to articulate a more compelling vision. And a more compelling vision is not just how awful they are. Right. I, I, I'm not, I, I, in, in my campaign, I don't mention Donald Trump very much. I, I think that, that we're all exhausted by this. <laughs> I want to talk about what it would take to repair our democracy. Part of that, m more than anything else, has to do with getting the money out of politics. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about repairing our criminal justice system by facing all the racial disparity in criminal sentencing and so forth. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about repairing the broken hearts of so many mil millions of American children who live with chronic trauma, go to school hungry every day in classrooms that don't have enough uh, school supplies to teach a child to read. And if a child cannot learn to read by the age of eight, the chances of high school graduations drastically mm -hmm. diminished and the chances of incarceration drastically increased. That's right. I want to talk about a World War II level mass mobilization that is necessary now in order to reverse climate change. A basic change overhaul of the entire system and repair is what you feel our planet. And I want to talk about a United States Department of Peace. I want to talk about a national security agenda that is not just based on endless preparation for war, but which actually is based on an agenda for waging peace in the 21st century. Uh, let's make Donald Trump irrelevant by talking about how our generation can rise up and do what needs to be done now to put this country back on track. I like that. It's very good. Uh, reminds me a lot about Kennedy. Reminds me a lot about, you know, he was very against the war. Uh, a, a lot for what you're saying, a lot for peace, uh, not going into Vietnam. And well, I he wasn't, wasn't there, although time. his brother, he actually was not there, but his brother said he was getting there. Right, we, Bobby. We will never know. Right, you know, and, and that was a tumultuous time when, when you lost Martin Luther King, you lost Bobby, you lost John. You, the minute you speak out against that uh, whole military thing, a lot of horrible things can happen. But let's not get into conspiracy. I want to know if you win, if you win, who would your cabinet be? I'm curious. I, I know you don't have the names picked out, but like, well, you know. uh, let's take an example. You, you mentioned yourself. You said that the head of the EPA, you correctly pointed out that the head of the EPA is an ex-chemical company executive. Yes. The one before him was an ex-oil company executive. Yeah. The head of the EPA in my administration will be a world-class environmental scientist. The EPA will be filled. It will be a magnet for groundbreaking. You're going to put somebody in charge of the EPA <laughs> that cares about the environment. I know. It's wow. shocking. It's revolutionary. Shocking. Revolutionary. And then you also mentioned that uh, Trump's first secretary of state was an ex-CEO of Exxon. Yeah. So obviously the, um, the, the main purpose of the, of, the, uh, of the State Department will be restored to diplomacy. Relations it will be sort of building world, relationships yeah. around the world, waging peace. And that's why I want to uh, give far more re uh, robust resourcing and, and, and funding to the peacemaking agencies, the USAID, which is long-term development, and humanitarian assistance and the peace builders as well as the military. So you're going with this sane and intelligent approach to uh, which, appointing people to certain... And I think that it's certain... important for us to realize that the insane and unintelligent uh, uh, route has been an aberration in our history. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned before about the assassinations of, of, of the Kennedys, et cetera. I was a child, but I do remember. And there's something that happens when you get older that you, you part of the, the value of age is that you do know the whole historical narrative. Mm -hmm. And I feel sometimes like saying to younger people, it wasn't always this way. I'm not romanticizing the way it used to be, but there was a time in my lifetime, and everything really started going to pot around 40 years ago. Okay. There was a time when, even though we didn't always achieve it, there was a basic consensus. We were to try to be good. 
Right. We were to try to be about democracy. We were to try to be a moral light in, in public policy and in, and in uh, international Who was your, your idol that like uh, inspired you to think like this and, and become an activist and get involved in politics? Like well, who? I think when you mentioned Bobby Kennedy. Yeah? I think Bobby Kennedy is the one whose light has shone the brightest for me, but also Martin Luther King. And I, I'm a student of history. Me you know, too. I love history. Yeah. You, you obviously... Uh, uh, got it going on with it all of us. It was always my favorite, my, my favorite subject, and one of the scariest things my grandpa always told me was, if you don't know your history, it will repeat itself, for better or worse. And uh, because you just brought up that you've seen so much, do you feel that it's worse now than what it was? Do you feel it's better now? Do you? Oh, it's, how do you view the timeline <clears throat> of history of your of your life? It's absolutely worse now. It's absolutely worse. Uh, this has been going ever since trickle-down economics became the basic <laughs> organizing principle of our society right. in, in really starting in 1980. And then that amoral economic system corrupted our government. It's now mm -hmm. hijacked our entire moral value system. And I believe that Donald Trump, he didn't create that. He was created by He was a symptom, that. yeah. So I, uh, the fact that I, I know that this was not always true, uh, bad public policy brought us here, mm. and good public policy can rewind all this, and that's why I'm running. Oh, goodness, I, I like that. I, I really do like that. Um, day one in office, what would you do besides <clears throat> well, burn the sheets? <clears throat> well, <laughs> say, say to the Oval Office, one of the first things we need to do is what you've already pointed to, and that is submit legislation to establish a public funding for federal campaigns. Um, oh, well, I love that, that that's what you want to do first. Oh, I well, love that. Well, as I said, it's the underlying cancer. It is. It's the I underlying mean, cancer in the system. Right now, whether it's health insurance companies or big pharmaceutical companies or gun manufacturers or chemical companies or food companies or agribusiness or oil and gas or defense contractors or nuclear industry, they are a matrix of arist basically aristocratic power. And we repudiated an aristocracy in 1776. We need to repudiate it again. So um, I, the pillars of my campaign have to do with a, with a reintroduction of moral principle to our, to our economics. And we do that by holding capitalism accountable so that capitalism again has a conscience and, and, and capitalist imperatives do not run the government. What should run mm -hmm. the government is the imperatives of democracy, that every single person should have an opportunity here. I, do, I agree with you. And uh, I, love, I love all the ideas uh, coming out of the democratic field. My whole thing is with, with McConnell in control of the Senate in Republican hands, how can anything get done? How many bills has the House of Representatives passed since <coughs> Democrats have held control? I mean, over 100, and is he going to bring any to the floor? No. You said it in a, in a former interview, I think, on The Breakfast Club. You said 90% uh, of people support background checks for, yeah. for guns. Well, ninety percent. How many? How many issues can ninety percent of the country come on and say yes? Well, this is an example, and there are many examples where the consciousness of the American people is not the problem. Mm. The problem is that because of the undue influence of money, mm -hmm. our governmental policy is not run by the consciousness of the people. Right. It is run by the donations of huge uh, corporate corporate entities, that's and that's why, why that, we need to that do with that. That woman that's running against him, I pray she wins. I, I forget her name. Is it, is it Amy McGrath? I, I think I, it's off the top of my head. I'm thinking. Uh, I'm a little bit of a political junkie. I follow it a lot, Obviously, but I, I hope she wins. I really do because uh, with well, with her with him out, you can get a lot of these ideas done. Well, but with uh, I think what we have to do is to inspire the heart and the inspiration and the enthusiasm of the American people. Look at what happened in this last congressional race. And I know for myself, if if the consciousness of the United States is such that I would be elected president, then it's a good thing to assume that the consciousness of Kentucky might be such that Mitch McConnell is no longer. Uh, the senator from that Kentucky, state. it's in and your you know hands, what? Kentucky. Even if, let's remember this, even if Mitch McConnell is, is re-elected to the Senate, 
if the Democrats get uh, control of the Senate, he will not be the head of the that's Senate. True, that's so right. we, we need to give you a little, a little we hope. We need to you get know, control. Hope is a, but it's more than that. We need Hope is a moral imperative, and cynicism is just an excuse for not helping. So we have to bolster ourselves emotionally and psychologically for what's coming. You know, For every mm -hmm. time you're, about, you're, you're tempted to talk about, oh, Mitch McConnell, instead talk about how amazing it's going to be when we're going to feed these 13 million hungry children. My girlfriend talk would love you. You're trying to get me to think positive. That, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think it, as a it, musician, I'm just—I was like born negative. Yes, but you know what? <laughs> Angry, it's horrible. Yes, but if you're going to be a political revolutionary, you, you must. Be the abolitionists could not have done what they did had they not thought it was possible to eradicate slavery. Absolutely. And the women's suffragettes could not have done what they did had they not thought it was possible to get women the right to vote. Mm -hmm. And the civil rights movement could not have done what they did had they not thought it was possible to desegregate the American South. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying no to, I agree with you, but let's bolster up your yeses too. You, that, that's where transformation comes from. You're no. hired. I'm taking you on the road. Uh, that means hired. I have your vote? Uh, you, you do, you do. Thank you. My last question is, uh, I'm, I'm lucky that I live in uh, Nevada. <clears throat> We've legalized marijuana here, and uh, a lot of states have. It's helped a lot of states out of debt. It's, uh, I haven't seen a lot of accidents, at least that uh, alcohol has done over the years. What is your stance on marijuana? Would you federally make it legal? Would you not? Well, it's going to, absolutely, I believe it should be legal, and I think that's going Yay. to be kind of like gay marriage. It's going to just be a domino effect. But that will just be the beginning. Then we have to take all the people who are serving prison terms, uh, on, they're all stuff. out, yes, like absolutely. out. And not only that, particularly to some of those people who were put there when they were young, this society owes them an apology. And so I will work hard to make sure their tax incentives and other ways that it will be uh, to make it easier for people who have been in prison for, uh, for marijuana-related charges to rebuild their lives and get started doing something wonderful to help. Cool. Make, up make sure you years. start with with my record. You should get all the pot <laughs> stuff. Uh, get all the pot stuff off of that record. <laughs> Scrap um, the box. In closing, uh, tell everybody where they can donate to your campaign. Thank you. Thank you. They can donate at Marianne2020.com. M-A-R-I-A-N-N-E, -N -N -E, or Marianne Williamson for president. And every dollar counts. It helps me get my message out there and uh, do something genuinely disruptive and beautiful for this country. America, if you're going to get behind somebody, get behind somebody that's positive. Get behind somebody that wants to fight hate with love. And I love that message about you. Don't you don't even fight it. You just replace it. And you just replace it. And I wish you the absolute best. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. You're always invited. Uh, if you're in town for a little bit and you want to catch a Vegas show, come to the Bronx Wanderers show. Shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> totally come to that show. Okay. And, uh, now, is that you doing your comedy? No, that's I'm actually I'm actually I'm actually um, I'm actually a musician in really? my full-time thing. So my dad's the singer, my little brother's the drummer, and my three best high school friends are the band, and we have a show on the Strip every night. Oh, that is so week. cool. I it will. is fun. We're sponsored by Prozac and Jack Daniels. It's a great time. Uh, thank you for coming on the thank show. We so love much. you. We wish you thank the absolute you. best. Thanks thank a lot for tuning in. We'll see you in two weeks. Take care. Uh, we'll see you next week.